Welcome to the Chairsofter Show, your weekly airsoft podcast interviewing retailers, manufacturers, sites and personalities within the airsoft community. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, contact me on facebook.com forward slash the Chairsofter Show, Instagram at the Chairsofter Show or by email on andy at the Chairsoftershow.co.uk. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 37. Joining me this week, please welcome the Joker of Sal- SoCal or Joey, whichever you want to go by for the evening. <laughs> Uh, Joey works fine. Cool. Uh, I'd, I'd like to do both, just in case um, people prefer the Instagram handles. But yeah, we'll go with Joey. That's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, when I was still uh, like under like 400 followers, I actually kept my real name out there for a while. Yeah. Then it, it wasn't actually until I started getting the in- international guys like tuning in on me that I decided to take that down. Yeah, yeah. Is it, I can understand that. Um, which is why when I tend to post stuff relating to the show, I'll, I'll post on that Instagram. I've got, actually got a private account set up for people that I actually know, if that yeah, makes sense. I haven't really done that. I probably should. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I just thought for sort of, if I'm doing stuff with the family or whatever and I want to put it on Instagram, I'll whack it on there. But I've not really done that much of interest to people, so I've been putting everything on the chess after show's Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Uh, most of my interesting stuff actually has to do with airsoft. So, yeah, I'm I'm exactly the same, buddy. I'm exactly the same with you as you with it. Um, right. So we've got you on for two reasons. First off, we're gonna sort of talk about yourself, how you got into airsoft, and sort of general shooting related things in California, be it airsoft or real steel, because. It's a little bit of a joke with the California compliance stuff, as we were discussing before we came live on the air. Um, and then we're going to go, as, along with the questions, we're going to discuss the American Milsim Copperhead 4, which yep. you've just attended. Uh, the guys at Gorilla Airsoft Radio, check their episode out. They did a great episode on it. But it's nice to get another perspective of the event as well, because... I'm guessing this place was absolutely massive and there's going to be stuff that you've missed uh, or other people have missed over the weekend. So, oh, dude. It, the AO is insanely huge. You could hear eight <laughs> different stories and they all describe the AO completely different. <laughs> so, just to give guys in the Milsim scene in the UK a perspective of what's on offer if they decide to go international with it as well, more than anything, because... More and more people I've found seem to be wanting to go abroad to do these events, um, especially with as we were discussing, airfares can be relatively low as well. Uh, I mean, I was we were looking off the air and I was looking at LAX for about four hundred and thirty pounds, which is about no, sorry, four hundred and ten pounds, which is about five hundred and forty dollars. I think it was we figured it out as yeah, the about moment. there. Obviously, the pound is like falling rapidly against the dollar we're not getting as much out of it as we used to but uh i mean the prices are still relatively good so we'll, we'll, i mean we'll go compared on to, to that. how much it would be for me to fly out to you yeah yeah we do well maybe one day buddy maybe one day <laughs> you'll, you'll be more than welcome to come down over at any point we'll look after you so let's crack on first off um I'm going to go with the standard question, which was also asked on the Instagram story that I put up, getting people sent the questions in. Uh, so, what got you into Airsoft? Where did it all begin? Uh, well, actually, that's a fun little story. Um, growing up, actually, I never, you know, I'm like most other Americans, you know, when you're a little kid, your parents buy you the cheap little BB guns at like Big Five or Walmart or something like that. You know, the ones that, like, chrono in at, like, 100 FPS. <laughs> the one that you get to shoot the Red Roaches at the start of Fallout 3. Uh, yeah, basically, it would be the equivalent <laughs> of that. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, me and my brother and, like, a couple neighbor kids in the apartment complex I grew up in, you know, we used to have these crazy little, like, four-person BB wars. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, until I actually hit college, that was the extent of my, like, experience with airsoft guns um and it wasn't until in college um and a lot of people you know they don't see the tattoo because it gets covered up but actually uh 
when I started airsoft, and I was actually into my fifth or was it fifth or sixth? I think fifth year of wrestling. Right. Wrestled all through high school, and you know, uh, qualified for the state qualifier and all that before injuries ended my season. And yeah. uh, sadly, I didn't get the offers I wanted for colleges, and so I ended up going to the best, one of the best community colleges for wrestling in the country, which just happened to be like right down the street from where I lived. All right. So I got lucky there. So after, <laughs> um, and my fifth year wrestling actually kind of sucked. Uh, because I ended up re-injuring the same knee that ended my high school career. Um, so my first season, I basically spent like the first like three fourths of it on the bench, and then the oh. last fourth I got the train, but I didn't get to compete because they had me on an injury thing. Yeah. So, and then it basically my I was introduced to a buddy of mine uh, on Instagram for airsoft. He goes by a uh, Vanguard. He um, he told me about Airsoft because I was trying to find ways to rehab my knee. And so he told me about the place. He actually told me about Evike. And, you know, I thought right. it sounded cool and stuff. But, you know, I was like, ah, I got my wrestling. And it wasn't until actually, you guys are going to laugh at this, but it wasn't until actually I went to uh, an anime expo. Because I'd right. never gone and my brother had gone a couple of times with, like, his his girlfriends and stuff. And so... It wasn't until an anime expo, actually the 2016 one, um, when I actually, um, and you know, like I said, up until that point, I knew nothing about Airsoft. Yeah. Um, it, and I actually met Matt from Evike. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm just talking to him like a regular dude, you know. Yeah. Just talking, you know, we start talking about, like, favorite guns and stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, and they have their big booth set up, and, you know, they get big booths for Anime Expo, and they show off all kinds of product and stuff. It's really yeah. cool. And so, I ended up really piquing my interest after that. And so, I talked to my buddy, and he actually, uh, basically, about three times in about one-month period, we end up going up the Evike on our free time. And, you know, I'm just checking out guns. You know, they have the shooting range there, you know, shooting them on the range and stuff. And then uh, I essentially, because I didn't have the money in the bank account at the time, it was on its way, but I didn't have it with me, I essentially asked my pops, hey, can I borrow 200 bucks to go buy this airsoft rifle I want? I'll pay you back when I get my money. To quote my father, and every time he tells someone this story, he thought I was on crack. he thought like I had gone insane. He never would have dreamt to ever spending more than even a hundred dollars on an airsoft gun. Yeah. Um, and so what happened was, um, the only place he knew about was actually some place my brother had gone with some friends when we were younger, and that was yeah. Tax City. I've and heard so about that place. It, it it's had its ups and downs. When I first started, it was going through one of its down periods. Yeah. Um, they had a general manager who, at the time, uh, and Sonny's a great guy, uh, but Sonny was kind of busy at the time handling all kinds of stuff, and so he had this general manager there who, uh, well, there's a reason why he's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, but over like the last year, uh, yeah, it's been about a year since Jim started working there. Over the last year, uh, Sonny got, um, Sonny basically caught wind of what was going on uh and then he and then he got jim over there to be the new general manager and jim has basically helped get tack back where it was before that down low rift yeah and so it it's honestly a really fun place to play i know uh i know there's this rift between speed qb and milsim and honestly i think it's really dumb um, yeah always have since i first started playing but um yeah so we go over attack and my dad's just asking he's learning and he decides you know what i'm not even gonna buy this for you if, if you haven't even played it because i don't even know if you're gonna like it so he spent about 90 bucks so i can rent a die uh and they have crytek rentals for like 30 bucks there right so you know they have really good rentals over there yeah i was gonna say that's an expensive choice of rental you usually the rental guns will be a combat machine which don't get me wrong they are awesome guns but 
Oh yeah, I I've still never have heard one of after two years. Yeah, I only got rid of my combat machine to fund a TM recall. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So basically, rented a mask, rented a gun, didn't rent a vest, and at the time, you know, I didn't really have any form of cargo pants or anything like that. I literally just had jit. I had black gym shorts and a purple and neon green shirt on. <laughs> uh, one um, one person's like, "Hey, dude, look at Barney." The first day on the field, it was great. That's awesome. Please tell me there's photos of this somewhere. I've got to see that. Sadly, there isn't, because uh, essentially he just kind of dropped me off and left. Yeah. Um, since we went together, so uh, basically, die mask, gun, entry fee, and then uh, BBs. That was it, yeah. and it added up to about ninety bucks because entry is uh. Like twenty, twenty-five, something like that. Yeah. Um. So I go, I play, like you know, fair first game. You know, you're getting shot at. I don't care what anyone says. It doesn't matter if it's BBs. It doesn't matter if it's you know, like pellets. It doesn't matter if it's real bullets. The first time you get shot at with anything. Yeah. You're like nerve wracked. Yeah. And so like the <laughs> very first set, I don't do squat. <laughs> like I'm all uh, like okay how's this gonna feel you know and it's like round over okay second round I actually do get hit and I'm like this actually doesn't hurt yeah. and then from there I was just running and gunning to the point where I even had uh, some kids ask me hey are you like a famous speed softer or something <laughs> and then yeah. attack I don't know if they still do it but they used to have special wristbands for first timers yeah. Um, and I'm like, no, this is my first time ever playing. And it just turned everyone's heads, including the refs. <laughs> Particularly after uh, I got really lucky, and I managed to like do a ten man, like ten guys in a row, bang bang, in one go. Jeez. It was so you, uh. You are hungry. You are hungry for some kills then. Well, essentially, uh, dude told me there's a bunch of guys around the corner, and they're like all stacked up on building and walls and stuff i'm yeah. like i got this and i just run bam 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 bam, bam. you know because main roll you as long as you point at each person you yell and bang yeah you know? i mean that if we talk about meds and bane rolls and stuff later i'll address that more but um yeah so essentially after that you know because tack and hsp were my local fields hsp is hollywood sports park in bellflower yeah um you know the rifle I had first shown interest in, which was uh, the GC-12 DMR. Right. Uh, I ended up foregoing that because I ended up going to Extreme Tronics. Uh, and if you're in, like, the Norwalk, Bellflower, any of that area, guys, Extreme Tronics is the place to go. Those guys will hook you up. Um, so, you know, I ended up going there. They end up teaching me a lot about, you know, airsoft basics, basically, and, like, basic teching and that stuff. I learned... Oh, so much from those guys and i'll forever be thankful for that yeah. um and essentially end up buying one of the nine inch wild hogs combat machines you know the ones All right, with the yeah. noise amps on the front yeah yeah and i still got that little bugger to this day and like if you scroll back you can see how i used to have i used to have this big overly fat suppressor on it <laughs> and then because my pops um i can't remember if he just bought it because he thought it was stupid cool or what because he tends to do that uh, yeah. I got this aim sport, this short dot that's 1.5 the four zoom. All right, yeah. And you know this is like a nine inch rail system, and you know like an M4 receiver, so it's not a lot of rail space. Yeah. And you know the and the barrels recessed. The barrel's actually a seven inch on the wild hogs. Yeah. So, you know, like really compact gun. Just stick this big fat optic on top of it. Yeah. Cause it, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? It, it looked it it looked outrageous, but it worked great. So. I, it, it was blast. I used I used that thing like to the like heart and soul for like a year straight. Sweet. Yeah, I, I love that thing. It's all reliable. Yeah. But they, um, they, they they are really reliable guns. This is why I think everyone should own a G and G at some point combat machine because like you know for starting out they're great. They're cheap to get. You can get the mags cheap as well. Um, I found the new pro ones actually work better than G and G ones I had, but shh. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I owned one for a year and a half, and it was absolutely solid. It never fa- failed me. It never went wrong. 
and a friend of mine, Ryan, who uh, also owned one, he never cleaned it. This thing was like it looks horrendous, and it still works. It's yeah, unreal. I've only ever cleaned mine once to give you an idea, and yeah, that was actually yeah. uh This was actually about that year point before I started buying more <laughs> more expensive guns. Uh, yeah, and it was up at uh, Warped Ops in Castaic. Which is essentially like right before the grapevine when you're heading up to Victorville. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Not Victorville, excuse me, Bakersfield. So if you're heading like up north to San Francisco, the freeway ends up splitting in two and going through the, this hill section with a valley in the middle. And yeah. locals call it the grapevine because it intertwines like a grapevine. Right. And I mean heavy downpour. Temperature was like 57 degrees. I mean soaking downpour. It, yeah. it, but it was a total blast. Or for for what we talking of the weather there for what we refer to in the UK as a summer's day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I am a little jealous about when it comes to UK airsoft. You guys get some of the craziest weather. Um, yeah, uh, the, earlier in the year, a um, couple of the first games I played this year actually, uh, I played at the same site two weeks on the trot. The first week. It, it I dread to think how cold it really was when you take into account the wind that was coming across this site. But there was snow. There was like six inches of snow in some parts of this, I'd say. Um, I was frozen. I was absolutely... I was hanging by the end of the day just from the fact that I was so cold and just could not warm up. I had the heaters going in the car, everything. I was worried about the gas mags blowing in the back. The car was that warm on the way home. Um... <laughs> And then I literally went up the week later, and it was it was so hot compared to the week before. Like I think the temperature was heading up towards the twenties uh, for, in, obviously Celsius because I can't do conversions. It's like what add thirty two and then twenty uh, three is about seventy four degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, I I can never figure it out <laughs> what what the differences are. I know because that of, because of the London Marathon. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, literally the weather change in a week was just unreal. And, like, you think over here they were worrying about how hot it was and now we've just had, like, rain for days on end. Yeah, we we rarely ever get rain. <laughs> I was, like, the yeah. one torrential downpour we've had the two years I've been airsoft in California. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, you know, been the last two airsoft cons... Met a lot of people, made a lot of friends. I mean, it it's honestly crazy. Like, a, a little over a year ago, I started selling um my patches. Yeah. And, you know, my first generation patches, the one that you see on my rig to this day, the all blue, uh, you know, just all blue with the red crosshair over the eye. And, I mean, that thing's gone everywhere. It, uh, Tango, you'll see on his kit, I I don't know if he swapped out for a red, the red one I sent him yet, but... uh. Like, if you look back, you'll see pictures of it on his kit. Soup was actually one of the first guys to hit me up. And uh, Soup was actually another big reason I got really got into Airsoft. Yeah. I was at, like, 167 followers. And to give you an idea, I only had 90 from personal when I converted that Instagram from personal to Airsoft. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Superfly follows me. And, yeah. then, you know, he has followed me to this day, you know, never unfollowed or anything. And it's just, you know, when you're just, you know, starting something and you got a guy who, at the time, like, to give you an idea of how big of growth he's had, when he started yeah. following me, he had about 9,700 followers. And now he's at 50 plus K, isn't he? Yeah. So, you know, but still, to have someone with, like, almost 10K followers, yeah. you know, just follow you and then, you know, follow you with no, like, you know, break and... Know, no unfollow, refollow, anything like that. Yeah. And now he's like this huge dude. And, you know, and at the time I put out my patch, he was at about 18,000 followers, something like that. Yeah. Almost 20. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and he just very, like, post is barely up for like 10 minutes. And, like, he's the very first one, dude, I gotta have one. Yeah. Was honestly one of the coolest moments ever. And then if you look, he's actually reposted the image a few times too. Uh, yeah. The one he. Uh, the one he initially took with it, in his grey outfit, carrying the tan Crytek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I remember the picture. Yeah, that was a 
you know, that was a really cool moment for me. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, and now you got Tango over there, you know, one of the leading guys for you guys to speak UB scene. You, uh, it, Georgia, it's, it's getting everywhere, man. Uh, I'm just waiting for my first time to send it to, like, South America or something. Yeah. That's, like, one of the only places it hasn't gone. Like, it's gone to Canada. It's gone all over the place. Yeah. That reminds me. There was someone who asked me about one who was in Hawaii. I need to see if he still wants one. But, yeah, speaking of soup, um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting the guy in person for the first time in August. I was expecting him to be taller. <laughs> I mean, like, he's only, like, what, 5'9"? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I still wouldn't pick a fight with him because he would take me down like a sack of shit any day of the week. <laughs> the size of the guy is just unreal. But like, I, I was like, whoa, they weren't joking when they said he was shorter than you think. It was, yeah, the, yeah. To give you an idea, I'm 5'10". Yeah. I'm literally about it's, the same size, but you wouldn't guess it from the photos. No, exactly. That, that was the biggest surprise, but such a genuinely nice guy as well. Like, we, we pulled up for the training he did on the Saturday at the uh, Operation Invasion over here. And um, like he's come out, he's like, how are you guys doing? We had, like, meeting him for the first time. And he's like, you guys got your kit? I'll, I'll give you a hand carrying it up. And he's literally just straight away helping us carry all our stuff up to the site and everything. I was like, this guy is, like, genuinely probably the nicest airsoft I've ever met in person. If that makes sense. Yeah, uh... I was actually supposed to meet him back in uh, March uh, when yeah. the AMS actually was going to come to California for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and they were going to do that 1850 event. But sadly, uh, because of low ticket sales, they had they were forced to cancel the event. Yeah. Um, it's sadly. such a shame when that happened. And I mean, I can understand why. You just had an event at that same AO less, less than a month ago. You had another yeah. event at that same AO coming up a month after. And, yeah. You know, you had like a couple other events going on around the same time. And being completely honest, you know, I did Lion Claws. I have the little two-minute trailer thing up uh, because, like, there was some miscommunication. So I and I was on the recon unit, so recon ended up getting the short stick. Yeah. Uh, and that and you know that was just miscommunication issues, and you know that happens. Um, but I mean it's honestly like the most dangerous place to ever play airsoft <laughs> like you know you got uh some buildings are filled with asbestos yeah uh you know the buildings are crumbling i had a dead tree fall on me <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> this sounds yeah, nuts if, if you ever get uh les trooper on here she can tell you because she was right behind me when it happened we were bolting down an alleyway to avoid a technical and yeah. my sh- and, you know, the tree's already, like, half fallen over. It's, like, on top of a building, kind yeah. of filling up the alley. Um, I hit it with my shoulder, and it yeah. ends up rolling more at me, and the branches come straight, like, in front of my leg, and it hits my leg. Jesus. And you just hear it snap against my leg and break in half. And, that's you know, I, I wasn't stopping. I just kept running. Yeah. Because, you know, that's... it was either that or get lit up by an LMG. Oh, yeah. I know, I know which I'd take. I'd rather have the tree as well. <laughs> yeah. Rather than getting LMG. Well, but, you, you uh, took... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, it, it's honestly a really hazardous AO. Uh, yeah. You know, it's one of the few places that we actually get, besides Pendleton with Lion Claws, uh, it's one of the few places where we actually get any Milsom events in California, but I'm a little hard-pressed to go back to that AO because I've played on it twice now, once for that very first Desert Fox game. And then Operation Line Claws back in August. Yeah. And um, both times it was pretty hazardous, so I'm hard-pressed to go back there. Yeah, you're just thinking, I've got lucky twice, third time, are you going to get away with it again kind of thing? I completely get that. But seeing as you're talking about AMS, I think that brings us nicely onto um, the Copperhead 4 that you've just come from. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. That was uh, just a little less than a month ago now. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, they. Um, it was on not the most recent yeah. episode. I think it was 190 on Gorilla Airsoft, and they come back from it fairly recently. So, yeah, about three yeah. weeks to a month ago, I'd say. Yeah, because it was at the very beginning of September, and we're getting clo- 
it's the twenty second, so there's like what eight days left, about a week left in September. Yeah, where 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 is this month gone? Where is right? this year gone? I'd like I've. It still feels like it's about April to me at the moment because we we had shot show, then we had Ewa, then I actually managed to get a game in, and then I was playing for about five months solid, four or five months solid of just airsoft and. No, I've had a couple of weeks off. Things have slowed down a bit. I'm like, wow, we're, we're nearly in October. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to October. All kinds of stuff going on for us there. You know, AirsoftCon every October, the SpeakQB tournament's coming up. You know, there's yeah. all kinds of stuff going on. But um, on the subject at ham, yeah. on, uh, Copperhead 4, that was a total blast. Now, uh, I haven't gotten to listen to Airsoft Radio's podcast, but I'm assuming they were UFS? Um, I can't remember which team they were. Um, uh, UFS was the multi-cam and desert camo team. Yeah, it's it's really bad. I should I, I've listened to other things since then, other podcasts as well. So it sort of all just sort of tends to merge together. I might have been the other team, mm. but um, yeah. Regardless, so first off, let's talk about the AO. Uh, so that where you where it was. So Peleus, New Mexico. It's honestly really interesting because, you know, on the map, you know, you put in Palais and it shows like this whole town, right? Yeah. The fun thing is, though, the whole town is the AO in the desert field behind the town. That's your entire AO. Jesus. So it's literally just a town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Like, we were looking it up on the drive over. Uh, The amount of square footage to the amount of people in New Mexico... There's 17 people for every square mile. Jesus. You know, and they have like over 120,000 square miles of land there. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's insane. Yeah. But, that uh, sounds awesome because um, obviously there are places like that in the UK, but they tend to be military areas. So it'll be a military training area set up to look, say, like an Afghanistani town or something like that. And that tends to be the only thing so that sounds i mean the ao sounds amazing in itself you'll have to you'll have to send me it we'll have to look at it on google after the show because I, I need to see just how big this thing is to myself really to give you an idea from uh my objective on day one with my unit was to basically take what's called marketplace it's like basically this kind of a uh, middle eastern looking like marketplace area yeah that they have down on like the right bottom right side of the AO. Um, yeah. From where we started to where that was at was a mile hike. Mate. So the very first thing we did in the AO was hike a mile. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, that's the Milson Way, isn't it? Right. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, the AO is just insane because depending on where you're at, it's either, like, spaced out, building the building, fighting with basically uh, breaching clear bunch of grenades oh god all the pyro all the pyro it, it, it's insane um or if you like fighting around marketplace it's a little like close quarters you know you're bounding like five feet yeah at a time you know and you're fighting like you know sh- rooftop snipers lmgs uh you got technicals coming down the main road i'm actually working on my video footage from the event and for the first clip i'm actually going to be highlighting that part uh, because I end up getting in like this 15 minute firefight with a technical like me and the yeah. little squad I was with <laughs> that sounds amazing like I just I'm trying to get to grips with just what this would have been like I mean and you know you got your desert brush it's New Mexico so you gotta watch out for things like hornets rattlesnakes uh, wasps you know like all that stuff so you know it still has its hazards yeah and you know, uh, and the weather is just, oh god, the weather is bipolar there. Yeah, like, I, I, I seem to remember them saying that the weather was cooler than where they'd come from on the uh, Guerrilla, Guerrilla Airsoft Radio podcast. They were. They oh, trust me, it was, it, it was way cooler on day one. Yeah. Um, but like, to give you an idea, day one we start, it's like clouds overhead, right? Yeah. We, and then we get on our little, like, van truck because ams does like a van truck yeah. they transport the players to their fob with all right yeah and then you know we pile out and it went from overcast to when we piled out sunny yeah and to give you an idea it was like a minute and a half drive 
Yeah. So in a Jeez. minute and a half, the weather went from overcast to sunny, and we're just like the hell. Um, it's, 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 you see, you say that. It's, it's, I've seen the same over here. I was on a um, years and years ago. This was I was on a shooting range with the cadet forces. Um, I was I was only about sixteen at the time, I think, and we we were on the range. It was a big six hundred meter range that we're shooting on, and like literally, we could see rain everywhere. But we had glorious sunshine. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what happened at Copperhead because uh, my buddy actually ended up, uh, he actually ended up having to go to the hospital. But uh, essentially, when he did that, it was literally right when it was starting to rain on the AO. All right. But like you know, it, they were getting like a drizzle. But yeah. as you left the AO, you were driving into a downpour. Jesus. And that downpour never hit the AO. That's mad. Like, I could, yeah. Uh, people who, again, people who haven't experienced that sort of thing, just don't get just how weird an experience that can be. Just how bizarre it can seem that you're like, shit over there. But then the weather here is absolutely banging. You know. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean, it was a really fun event. You know, day two, our command Lily told us we achieved like basically all our objectives. And so they were going to yeah. have us play, like, objectively for, like, another hour. And then the quote my, uh, pl- uh, the quote my command staff, then you guys are free to go do hood rat shit. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah, so, like, very last end of the day, I'm, it's me, uh, you know, Kyle the Laser Viper and Mark Brain Exploder. Oh, yeah. Uh, I end up running to them and Reaper Felix and then, like, this whole other squad. Um, and we're looking at this control point, and it's a little right in the middle of the open, and there's a bunch of UFS guys, like, you know, just watching it. And, you know, Milson Media, you know, Castro, he was, like, out there with, like, one or two other guys, you know, engaging them, you yeah. know, throwing all his pyros and stuff. He actually, uh, he actually, uh, he caught some of it, actually, on his little, uh, Instagram video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, the one where you see a bunch of people running out to a flag and getting... Uh, blasted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've that, that was after our initial. Uh, yeah. But essentially, you know, we're like, okay, how are we want to do this? There's like ten minutes left, and next thing you know, we're just charging out, yelling hood rat shit. <laughs> so, what was the story behind dead. this? Yeah. So, so what was the uh, story behind the Copperhead series for anyone who's not come across it before? So essentially. AMS has their whole storyline where the country's kind of fractured. And you have, like, you have your two big main guys, which is the United Federal Service, if I remember correctly, and the Pacific State Alliance. And essentially, um, Copperhead is a major, like, supply point for the Pacific State Alliance. Yeah. And the whole story was since Pacific State Alliance territory just got cut in half and is now two sections, it was a big deal to basically protect Copperhead's uh, anti-air net to prevent the UFS from doing raids on the supply lines. Yeah. Uh, and so that's like the real big story behind it. Was it supposed to be this whole, uh, you know, we're supposed to be trying to just hold our ground and protect our area? Yeah. So it's uh, a very sort of defensive game for the Pacific State Alliance then, in a way. Yeah, like our whole platoon, like our main objective was take and hold marketplace. Yeah. Like, that was our big objective. Like, you know, off the whistle, all of Utah platoon was just sent straight to the marketplace. Right. And then from there, we, like, lanced down and did attacks and basically did what we needed to to defend marketplace. And so, like, uh, and if you ask, like, if you ever get Airsoft Alphonse on here and you ask him how his day one went, uh, he straight out told me he never once got anywhere near marketplace on day right. one. Like, he was nowhere ever near that place. Was that just because he kept getting into firefights, or was that just because of everything else going on? I, I, I'm going to take a guess here. I really don't know. It was actually a brief, like, on the field during day two discussion. You know, I was dead. He was walking by. You know, he had stopped. I said hi. We chatted a yeah. little bit, and then he took off with his buddy. Uh, yeah, so essentially he just told me he was on the whole north side of the field, which is, like, that big open desert area, and then, like, the... Uh, like buildings that edge that desert area. Right. So I don't know if he was just up there in firefights up there or if he was up there 
because command told him to be up there or what. Like I said, you know, different team, you don't know what's going on. Each team yeah, has their exactly, own set yeah. of Yeah, exactly, yeah. I suppose, yeah, everyone's got their own objectives to be getting on with. Yeah. But, uh, this is really insane thing. And the funny thing is, I actually know the guys on the technicals I was shooting out with on day one, uh, outside of Marketplace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you can actually look them up. They're called Spartan Airsoft Coalition, and they're like right. a team based out of Arizona. Yeah. Um, and essentially, you know, they're coming down the road. I, I forget what their thing they were supposed to be doing was that they told me. But we had just started moving down the road, and our whole thing was we were trying to take pressure off Marketplace. And so right. we were going to go one direction, but there was already a big push that direction. Yeah. These two guys were telling us that they got technicals coming down the road and, like, no one to fight them off. And so my squad right. leader, uh, Matt Ironforce, decides yeah. we're going to go and intercept those guys. And the only angle we really had on them that wasn't, like, from inside a building that they would have to, like, open the doors here at them and get lit up by the minigun they had on their technical yeah. uh, was a left corner, which I happened to be pulling security on to make sure we didn't get flanked <laughs> because I was the only lefty in the group. Right. So and you, it's you like, drew the oh. short straw. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I can hit the technical. Hey, and we had this guy on our team... A squad called Hot Dog Water. Yeah. Yeah, Hot Dog Water. What a name. What a right. call sign. <laughs> Love his call sign. Dude's a great guy, too. Uh, and he and he ends up just piling up on this wall behind me and just watching that corner. Well, I'm just peeping out, and I'm just pegging the guys from Spartan Coalition. Like, one of them told me, like, you know, I got him in the leg. He's like, God damn it. Because he didn't want to call it because, you know, it was super long range. Yeah. Because these buildings are decent, decently sized buildings. And they're in the yeah. street. So, yeah, so, yeah. And I'm on the not... back side of the house, like the very back corner, shooting through, like, bushes and stuff at them. Yeah. And so he was like, I didn't want to call it, but, you know, got to call it when you get hit. And so he told me he, like, reluctantly called it because he didn't want to be out of the firefight. Yeah. Like, one of the guys. I'm just like, dude, way to be, you know, an honest player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, so, um, you, clearly, clearly a lot of fun was had by yourself in this big engagement. Um, so, so once you sort of defended the marketplace, what else did you go off and do? Uh, well, my day one got cut short around uh, 3 or 4, and the day went till 11 for the rest of the guys. All right. And that was because I ended up having to drive about 80 miles because my buddy uh who was on ufs he ended up taking a really hard fall all right and uh the way his helmet absorbed the impact he ended up putting yeah. pressure on the back of his head because that it, it's one of those lancers with the little dial on the back oh yeah and so between you know basically getting his bell run which is what the doctor said is what happened yeah you know getting your bell run sucks uh, between that and actually the malnourishment, because, you know, we were thinking, like, similar lion claws, like, oh, you know, we'll be fine, because, like, the Georgia Air Force Base, I think, like, the longest you walk on that AO is a mile, and that's yeah. from, like, one side of the AO to the other. Yeah. So, that give you an idea on the sheer difference in scale. It wasn't even, it was, like, a fourth of the AO to walk from our FOB to Marketplace. Fuck, you know. Some or like something like that. Like they give you, it just dwarfed George's, and so yeah. we weren't really prepared for that. So like all he had apparently was like a cliff bar and a couple starbursts the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> so you know he was malnourished, so he was feeling like crap. And then you get your bell run, and that just adds to it. Yeah, and uh, I suppose any any time there's a head injury as well, you've got to treat it worst case scenario just in case, haven't you? Yeah, and, you know, the symptoms kind of piled on each other. Malnourishment and, you know, concussions. They yeah. they share a few symptoms. I know because I've had both happen because of wrestling. Yeah. Um, And so, we're going to the hospital. My buddy, my other buddy uh, is all worried that he's, like, you know, really messed up. I'm like, dude, he's probably just got his bell run because he hasn't eaten shit all day either. Yeah. None of us have. Like, I barely had anything. I had, like, two Slim Jims and, like, two pieces of jerky that one of my squad mates was nice enough to give me. Yeah. 
Um, I was mostly running on water, but I was used to running like that because of wrestling. So it wasn't really too big of a deal to me. Um, I could tell it was affecting Griva because, you know, he, or that was my buddy. Uh, yeah. We call him Griva just because that's the easiest way to say his name. Um, All right. And essentially, you know, he, uh, from my understanding, you know, rugby players don't do the same extreme diets that wrestlers do. They actually have a balanced diet that doesn't fluctuate depending on what they need to do. Right. Because I'm going to be honest, most of us are stupid in wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And we'll, like, not pay attention, put on, like, 15 pounds and then have to lose it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I could tell that, you know, and like he even said, like, yeah, I've had these kind of injuries before, so I want to play it safe. And I don't blame him, you know, concussions are a big deal. You know, exactly, yeah. If you don't handle it correctly, you can, like, go to sleep and not wake up. It's scary stuff. Um, but yeah, so for us, our Copperhead Day 1 ended there. Right. Uh, and, like, thankfully, our buddy was fine, you know. I treated him the Denny's because the IHOP was closed. Um, but, you know, I made sure he was well-fed, whatnot, you know, ready for day two. Day two was a three-hour one, actually, which, right. you know, we 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 wish it would have been longer, but we understand why it wasn't because, like, the raffle the raffle was huge at the end of the event. So it's com- we completely understand why three hours. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it was a blast of a three hours. You know, everyone, like, day one's a marathon, day two's a sprint. So yeah. everyone just went ham, like, after it, like, hard. Yeah. You know, people are pushing hard. People are, like, rushing up like they normally wouldn't. You know, they're everyone's just trying to get those firefights in. And it it was fun. It ended up not working out as well for me. Like, day two didn't go as well as day one for me. Like, I ended up eating crap on day two. Ended up going into a curb. Thank God my camera was on for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, And so, like, my right... I. If you look at my rifle now on the left side of it, it's scuffed up. Uh, oh, like, right. yeah. good. Like, you know, metal gone good. Yeah. From that fall. But, uh, and then I did have some fogging issues because, uh, the anti fog on my M frames kind of worn off. I didn't reapply uh, any, so. And it was another weird one where, like, in the morning it was overcast and then, like, just suddenly cleared up. Yeah. But, I mean, it was still a fun day. I didn't get as good as footage. Uh,. You know, but I did get some cool medic footage because there was a panic with yeah. my platoon leader since he was allowed to get in the action on day two because we were pushing and we didn't have a medic. And because he's platoon leader, he can assign anyone to be a medic. So he just yeah. points at me. He's like, hey, you, you're a medic now. <laughs> and so I got, like, this footage of me dragging, like, four or five guys to medic them. Nice. So Looking forward to seeing the footage for sure. Yeah. It was a total blast. Love the people I met. AMS Bo, he's such a cool guy. If you can get him on here, that would be pretty awesome. Um, yeah. We'll chat after the show. Yeah. I mean, a bunch of cool people. Leviathan was our platoon leader. He was a really cool guy. Uh, Matt Ironforce and all the Sierra Defense guys. All really, uh, or not Sierra Defense, Sierra Coast, excuse me. All the Sierra Coast guys, all really chill dudes. You know, and of course... Viper, Brain, uh, Tenacious, all those guys just super chill. Always a blast to play with them all. Awesome. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing the footage. And um, we'll chat afterwards because you've given me a few names of people to hit up now as well. So there we go. <laughs> Win-win yeah. situation. Right. AMS we've covered. Let's talk California shooting. What is going on? <laughs> God, where do right. I even start? So, um, so we were chatting off air before because back when I was on the Flopperator podcast a while ago, uh, we were discussing sort of different types of meal sim and battle sim and the differences between the events. I'll dig the episode out and put the link in the bottom here. Um, and it we got a bit sidetracked and it got onto the topic of California compliance. Now, Back when I was in a certain area, I'm not going to say the name of it, so I don't have to put a pound in the swear jar. Uh, we got chatting <laughs> to a guy in a gu- We got chatting to a guy in one of the gun shops, and they had a bowl with rocks in, and it just had California compliant rocks or something like that. Now you guys have some weird laws for shooting, don't you? Yeah, is a reason. And I'll probably get some flack for this. Uh, 
But there's a reason we're called California. <laughs> um, but yeah, so essentially right now, if you want to own any basically rifle and have it like full, you know, be able to adjust your stock, be able to reload your magazine, all that stuff. Essentially, you got to put like an action brake that actually breaks the AR receiver in the two. And yeah. then you're able to reload and all that. It's either that or you basically fix your magazine, put this thin on there. The, yeah. Like makes it somewhat uncomfortable to hold the gun, and basically yeah. put a pin in your stock and fix your stock position. And then of course you know like no muzzle device, anything like that. Really no fun in California when it comes to guns. So, and I just recently found out, uh, you know like some of the rifles I thought you couldn't get in California just anymore. You still can. Like I thought you couldn't get a Vector anymore because I didn't think there was a way you could you know do some of those things. And then it turned out uh. At my local gun shop, which uh, I find funny because it's called Counter-Strike Firearms. And, you know, first thing I think is a Counter-Strike video game. Yeah. Uh, You know, I find out from them that you can still get, like, the Vector and, you know, some of those more unique-looking firearms. And they're at... Actually, the Vector was surprisingly comfortable to hold uh, with that uh, little fin thing. It was, like, one of the few that I think could work since everything's ambi on it. You can just rest your thumb on the ambi safe and because, you know... Vectors are amazing at mitigating recoil. You don't have yeah. to worry about, like, hurting your hands or anything. Yeah, so, I mean, unless you have, like, a twenty-two or, like, a shotgun, even then, you got to be careful with your shotguns because if you put a pistol grip on a shotgun, then it's illegal. All right, so you're not allowed to sort of tactical-style shotguns. you got to go for the classic look as such. Yeah, like, uh, pistol grip on a shotgun's illegal. Uh, like, you know, like, really dumb things, like... It just make no sense. Like, the tr- bullet button training device, the one where you need, like, a special tool to pressure it in order to release the magazine. Yeah. A little while ago, they actually released a law banning that. All right. <laughs> now, if you understand the absurdity of that, uh, is, you know, bullet button makes it harder to reload, and you ban yeah. it. Yeah, it's just, it seems a bit sort of counterproductive. Yeah, be- because essentially the big problem is, since California, like, a m- large majority of the population lives within one of the three major cities you know san francisco la or san diego yeah the problem is most of the people voting on these laws and whatnot are the people that live in these cities and a lot of them don't have the experience with firearms and be and you know california especially is a huge media consumer yeah so you know they just consume the media and they you know that's basically how a lot of them judge it is they judge based yeah. on what they see on like TV or what they hear on TV, uh, yeah. and so in California is always a big loud push that guns are bad. So without learning, people are like, "Guns are bad." Yeah. Um, yeah so so it's, a, it's an uninformed decision as such because they haven't gone out and experienced it and making an informed decision as such. They're just going with what they're being told on the news, and as we know far too well the media can throw everything out of proportion yeah and it honestly it's really hard especially uh because the problem with media especially with how it is now is you get flooded with stuff so you don't know what's true you don't know what's not true in california it's really bad because i mean you get flooded everywhere you go with just all kinds of stuff and rhetoric and whatnot so yeah you know it's bad but I think it's bad just because there's no clear way for people to learn easily in California. Like, you actually have to go out of your way to learn about firearms in California. Yeah. Like, it ain't just, uh, it's not like you can just, you know, like, I know in other states, they're nowhere near as uh, pretentious about learning about firearms. And it's, like, a lot easier to find gun safety classes, this, that, you know, it's not yeah. as hard find like a local gun store and learn at the local gun store you know like my dad was telling me you know because he's from pennsylvania he was telling me back in pennsylvania you got your hunting license at 13 well in california if you say you have a hunting license most people look at you like you're a monster yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it's it's bad enough in the uk when we sort of say when people see some of the airsoft kits some of them are like what in fact there was a guy recently got um i believe he got all his airsoft kit confiscated by the police because someone had reported his uh, Facebook picture or something he'd got a profile picture of him playing and someone had reported it to the police or something and he got all his kit confiscated 
Yeah, we're, we're lucky, you know, because most cops are pretty, like, you know, chill about it. So, yeah. I mean, they're having cases where, like, people uh, end up, like, getting their gear inspected by cops. But normally, yeah. when the cops find out they're not real guns, they end up asking more questions from what I heard. And, yeah. You know, because we have the real guns and then we have the toy ones. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so over here, uh, cops are more understanding. But I can understand, you know. Yeah. Not having firearms is a regular thing. Yeah. Why something like a guy walking around with a fake one and all that tech gear would throw people off. Yeah, exactly. You know, we don't have the culture behind it that you guys do, which is again something we were discussing before we came on air. Um, we do, we don't have that openness about firearms as such. It's a very taboo subject as such. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it makes really sense good sense to me and i was about to say it makes really sense which isn't even a proper sentence <laughs> it's all right I've, I've given up on speaking in proper sentences at the moment i'm making a special effort just to, just for this podcast at work today i was just like uh, that's how i responded to most questions that were asked of me at work but uh yeah so i mean it's really interesting um uh, i know a lot of people have left the state because of how basically the best way i can put it is how clouded or uh, how bogged up information is here. Yeah. Like, in the end, when you really think about it, it just comes down to information and how easy it is to get a clear-cut answer answer in this state. Yeah, yeah, that all makes sense now. But yeah, I'll upload the picture of the California Compliant Rocks for you. Yeah, I Uh. love that joke. That joke's great. (laughs) Yeah, it, it was just one of the things, and then it descended into, look at this monstrosity, and we're like... Ugh, what is that? You know, it, it got that bad. Yeah. Right. Okay, last few things. Um, once again, thanks to Coolsign Devil Dog for sending in my starting question as well. So we've covered how you got into Airsoft, what got you into Airsoft. Uh, I've, I've got a few more for you that were sent in from on, on the gram, let's say, just to try and be with the kids, you know. <laughs> So uh, we'll give these guys a quick shout out and run run through them. Uh, The first one I'm going to go to is from Hillarby on Instagram. Uh, I'm heading to IWA next year. Will you be there? If so, we can swap patches. Uh, Sadly, I don't think I'll be able to make IWA. I'd love to go sometime. You know, IWA shot show, love to go to those shows sometime. But, I mean, I just recently moved... And I'm getting settled here and where I'm moved to. Yeah. And so right now, I don't think an international trip is in the cards. Yeah, at the, at the end of the day, it is a big expense, especially sort of going between transatlantic countries. You know, <laughs> it is unreal, the costs can be. Um, we're quite fortunate for IWA. We flew with Ryanair. Uh, we flew cattle class. Literally, they just cram as many people onto a plane and off you go. And it works out at probably a hundred dollars i'd say at most if you start adding stuff on it can be a lot less than that as well but yeah i mean that, that makes complete sense hopefully one day we'll get you over for it uh iwa is definitely the show for airsoft i'd say personally from experience so yeah check it out by all means oh yeah i would um, love to next one is from mandalore milsim What's the best part about attending Milsim West? I can't really say from personal experience because I haven't been to an MSW event yet. But yeah. most of the people I know have gone to at least one. Um, and they all they all tell me that the, like, the best part is the how like immersive people get with it. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, my favorite example to always reference, and because it's easily uh, findable, is uh, it was like a real brief thing you had to be paying attention during his video is a swamp sniper his video yeah. for uh, i think it was c's gronsky he makes a real brief visit to like a a like russian like dance club and i mean yeah. these guys went like crazy with it they brought like the little disco ball with the you know all the different color lights like a <laughs> like a little like boom box or something for music i mean you know i think they even had a smoke machine i need to go rewatch a video for this well, I mean, guys, like, really get into it, and they try to make it a real experience. Yeah. And I think that's my favorite part about MSW, is how, like, you know... The immersion side. 
Yeah, and how much fun people try to have with it. Yeah, what what was that like with AMS? How immersive does that get? I mean, it was immersive, but it was a different kind of immersion because it was more focused on uh, like unit cohesion, and uh, you know, because essentially it was military force on military force, and so it wasn't like how this next one ESR nineteen, which sadly I won't be able to make, though I really wanted to, which actually is a military versus civilian like defense force all right Uh, yeah like they have like five factions they have like a cartel faction a civilian defense force like paid gun company you know but uh copperhead was a military on military style so it was more unit cohesion and all that stuff so it was immersive but it was a different kind of immersive than like what you get at msw events like seize gronsky or astana where They have the, like, civilian faction that actually is, like, they're kind of role-playing the, like, day-to-day civilian lives. Cool, cool. Sounds good. Definitely got to get over there and check out one of these events at some point. Um, I bet get saving. Uh, next one is from iBrander. Um, best BB brand for your heavy shooter. Right now, actually, I'm one, I'm an Elite Force dude when it comes to BBs right now. Elite yeah. Force 3.0s and 2.8s have worked great for me. I do want to get my hand on HPA BBs, though, because everyone tells me they're amazing. And yeah. uh, I really want to try them out because my uh, with the 2.8s and 3.0s, my rifle is actually pushing pretty far, close to, like, the 300 feet mark. Yeah. And so I want to see if, you know, if that difference in quality between HPA and, like, Elite Force, if that's really a true thing. Because people are telling me they get, like, an extra 30, 40 feet out of the HPA ones. Right. So, I want to try that, but as it is right now, my go-to is Elite Force in their Milson BB line. Cool, cool. The last one we've got, um, this actually relates to the event I'm going to tomorrow, so just pretend we've done it, yeah, for this one. Um, Jason Combat UK, what do you think about Team Delta winning Rift Sim? (laughs) Uh, Didn't see it coming, you know, complete underdog win. You guys really surprised me out there. Congratulations on a well hard fought fight. Now, if they end up losing, I won't regret saying that. Oh, I. <laughs> It'll so, be hilarious either way. So this you better problem. win tomorrow, man. Yeah. yeah, don't worry. We've got some nice. I don't know why I was going to be all secretive then because the event's gone by the time this episode of the show broadcast. We've got remote debts, we've got mortars, we've got shitloads of pyro. Um. One of the guys who's coming with me, one of my buddies, he uh, actually went to one of the retailers and he got a really good deal. So for £35, he got seven bangs and eight smokes or something like that. They really sorted him out with it. Oh, damn. So we, we're going all out. Like I'm, I'm on the uh, Pioneers section, as they're called. You've got Assault, Engineers and Pioneers. So for the morning, you've all got your different tasks. Um, yeah, I've, I'm getting the remote depth set up to protect our HQ. Uh, we've got team leader, he's got some yellow smokes because they're classed as toxic for the event. So we're giving him a couple of them to stash away in case they try and capture him. We can, he can just toxic smoke mm-hmm. and all sorts. It's going to be... The, the the hype is unreal. Unfortunately, the weather's crap at the moment because um, I'm not a big fan of the wet and the cold, personally, at the moment. Um, I Just because I don't own waterproofs at the moment, really. It's just something I've never thought about buying because I tend to play CQB and then I get caught out <laughs> at these events. But, yeah, it uh, should be a good event for sure. And um, I'm sure we'll do a debrief on that. After the event, I'll get the two Jasons back on and we'll sort something out. Yeah, uh, that sounds really interesting. And uh, going back real quick to a point you told me about where you were playing in snow. Uh, yeah. When you told me that, I literally looked in my closet and I just looked at myself snow raptors. <laughs> I'm like, that would be perfect for me. Because um, I I don't know if you know this, but actually for the Desert Fox event, yeah. uh, which, uh, and I'm, I'm a little sad this question didn't come across, but good first beginner milsim. I got to recommend the Desert Fox events, yeah. the Blue Fox Tracker, because they're more like just tick. It's kind of more King of the Hill style, so it's a, more relaxed. But the other thing is also on the gear requirement. It's one yeah. side's blue, gray, tan, and the other side's red, green, black. Sweet. So it's a Milsom style event, but it's a really like, lax, beginner-friendly one. 
Yeah, so. yeah. You don't have to go all out for it if you don't need, if you don't want to, kind of thing. If you can't afford it, or you're just not. Or there yet. if, or if you want to do like a crazy cosplay thing or something. Yeah. Um, like I know Leah does that crazy cosplay outfit every time. Uh, but um, you know, this was at the Victorville AO, yeah. and um, that I mentioned, and so I decided, you know, I'm going to go out because I had, I needed new camo sets anyways. Uh, because I'd torn up my multicams playing uh, uh, Copper Mine, which used to be this like really big local area yeah. that used to be hosted by like a local team, like public land that they got like permission from the city to use and whatnot. Yeah, like really cool place. Um, sadly, they don't do games there anymore. Just you know, things end up falling out. Uh, but so my multicams got tore up, so I end up signing up for. Uh, and I had ended some signing up for the Southern Syndicate, which is the blue, tan, gray team. Yeah. So I said, screw it, because I had one SF LBXs, and I was kind of tired of multicam. Yeah. So I got a set of Snow Raptors. And uh, so I go with Snow Raptors, a gray hat, uh, the D, uh, the Z- DC3R rig from uh, Haley Strategic Ooh. with the flat pack for the backpack and hydration. Uh, and I got to say, Haley Strategic rig, super comfortable recommended to anyone who's like i just want to buy like a super nice rig right off the bat you know just something that's gonna last i yeah. you know Haley, love those guys but um yeah so it was a total blast because you know first day you show up no one's in the gear and stuff so you know i'm just talking to people and stuff like regularly on first day of gameplay we roll up on the field since we had a hotel yeah. and uh you know throw my combat shirt on i'm in full snow camo and like people were like look look away and they're like what the hell <laughs> and it was like great because it was turning everyone's heads yeah and then uh i don't know i because you know you're shooting like two three hundred feet you really don't know if you hit the guy or not yeah uh you know people are like oh i know i hit that guy but you're shooting like 300 feet away like even zoom cams have trouble seeing the bbs after like 200 feet yeah so you know Unless it's, like, point-blank kind of deal, I'm usually, like, I don't know if I hit the guy or not, but if I did hit the guy, I think, you know, kind of deal. Uh, so, uh, and this was kind of one of those scenarios. I think a couple people, uh, I don't know if I hit them or not, but if I did hit them, I don't think they wanted to call it for the guy wearing snow camo. <laughs> in the desert. Yeah. They uh, stood out. Although you say that, driving through Arizona in January... There was still snow on the ground. That was surreal to me. Yeah, I've always wanted a plain snow. So I'm just waiting for the day I get to travel to a snowy area and bust the snow raptor back out. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have to let you know when we get that two days of snow a year that we get in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Canada. and then uh, one other thing if I would love to recommend uh, is honestly LBX camis for days. Uh, I know yeah. everyone's like cry or die, but honestly, dude best fit and like most comfortable set i've ever worn has been the lbx snow raptor yeah like you know i've done true spec i've done uh like military surplus you know i've done all that uh you know a couple of those brands uh the lbx one's honestly to me like most comfortable setup i've ever yeah. ran again it's very sort of dependent on what you prefer isn't it with all your kit because like for me for example I'm running 5.11, 5.11 for days. Um, I'm a 5.11 whore now, not going to lie. <laughs> oh, I um, mean, don't get me wrong. I love 5.11. My yeah. plate carrier is a tech. Uh, you know, my I use the Vroco's belt system. I love 5.11. But uh, their pants just were, because of wrestling, I got pretty, uh, you know, I got pretty big legs because of yeah. uh, all the years of wrestling and whatnot. Uh, so the problem, my biggest problem is cut on, like, the quads yeah yeah, yeah. and how 511's cut is just a bit too tight on my quads so it doesn't work for me sadly even though i love 511 i would love their rock of 511 multicams yeah they're just with the way the you know generals you know stuff is cut is just slightly too tight for me to be able to use it and not destroy it quickly yeah (laughs) Uh, meanwhile 511 is not only just cut perfectly uh unlike like true specs current ones like their woodland one i have uh the problem i have with it is even though it's a uh, size like 38 
Yeah. The waist is actually more like a 42. Yeah. So I literally, uh, at Copperhead, I literally had a shoelace ghetto belt, and then I had my Vroco's belt set up on top of it, and I was still losing my pants. <laughs> so I had two belts on, basically, yeah. and still losing my pants. Fuck it out. Uh, so, and then, like, if you get the, that's like the, you know, regular, with the, like, the buttons and stuff. And then, yeah. like, their Teflon pants line, they cut, I don't know if it was just that, like, you know, production set or what. I mean, you know, they cut those tight. Like, it's supposed to be a 36 to 38, but that thing's cut more like a 35. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. And, like, yeah. my very first set of multicams was true spec, and those things were cut perfectly. But now it's, like, I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> right. I think that's pretty much us done for tonight, buddy. Uh, thank you very much for your time for coming on. It's been really interesting chatting to you. Um I'm going to have to have a look at this AO as well once we finish this. Where can people find you? Uh, well, first of all, Instagram, uh, Joker of SoCal. Uh, I try to post regularly there, but right now I've been a little slow on content, so not as regular posting right now. I'm looking on getting that back up. Um, I do have a YouTube, which I am working on, but I don't have I don't have enough content that I think is good enough to put out there on a regular right now. Right. With how everything is because i know a lot of guys will just go and they'll like flood their youtubes with like pickup game days uh yeah. but the thing is you know i always find those like you know massacre like you know massacre 40 guys and only die like one time i always find yeah. those boring yeah uh so right now you know the youtube only has a couple things and i i try to post things that are more entertaining to watch so they vary in length like one's like an eight minute video another one's like three and a half minute montage from when i first got the crytek vector you know another one is a little two minute like trailer style video from lion claws uh since sadly uh since i was on recon and there was some misinformation handed out uh because yeah. of mistranslation of maps and stuff uh end up doing more marching than actual gameplay in that one uh yeah so youtube uh don't have a Facebook, but I've had like one or two people tell me I should set up a Facebook, so maybe sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, cool. But yeah. Instagram is the way at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Right now, right. Graham's the way at the moment. It's just the easiest. Yeah. Right, guys. Mentioned where you can get hold of me back at the top of the episode. Uh, check out Joey's uh, Instagram page. Some awesome content on there. And, yeah, check out these AMS events. If you live in the States especially, get on it, get involved, and the other companies as well. They sound fucking amazing, and I, will, I can't wait to get out there and try one myself. Uh, catch you next time, guys. Just take care, take hits, look after each other, don't be a dick, and I'll see you next time on the Chairsofter Show. Bye for now.